That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. This is uh, the day of Little House on the Prairie, but we have a very special, special, special guest, and that is Allison Angrim. I hope I pronounced that right, Allison. Oh, you out an R. Oh, the R. Oh, Arngrim. Is that right? Arngrim. Yeah. Arngrim. Yes. Great start to this podcast, folks. But it's but don't cut that out because this is the this is the, sure. what, what love about your podcast. It's raw, man. It's raw. It's, yeah. If they ever Arngrim. wanted to guess, it's raw. It's an Icelandic name. My father's full name was Torhudler Marvin Arngrimsson. And Iceland is a country that needs to buy a vowel because we put like four consonants in a row and it's confusing. Wow, that is pretty cool. Well, for those of you that may not know, and I thoroughly doubt anyone that knows Little House doesn't know this, but of course, Allison played Nellie Olson, and um, we are just thrilled to have her. We, we, we can't wait. Also, uh, today joining me will be my recurring co-host, Bob Bergen, animation extraordinaire. And then to take it one more layer, we have Mary Lynn Wisner, one of the top voiceover casting directors in the country. So, uh, and I might add a major Little House fan. I have to start a question, <laughs> Allison, and it's controversial, okay? I'm just gonna go right in there. How, how freaking cheap was, was, was NBC that they would not reshoot that damn opening credit? I mean, those girls were like, like five and 10 for like nine years. Wait a minute, I'm gonna go one step further. Mary goes blind but she can still see running down that hill. Why oh, no, it, it, dude, it gets worse. Jack the dog died. And oh my God, you're right. Melissa Gilbert used to joke about how she should be just pulling him on a rope down the hill. <laughs> He's like, and there's dead Jack the dog. Oh, <laughs> oh, was that, was that just, we're too cheap? I mean, even the Brady's redid it every year. Was that just they're too cheap to do it? And people loved it. Look how, okay, people are imitating it. People are still, if you go to France and you're walking through a park with three or more French people and they see a meadow, someone will scream, I am baby Carrie and run and fall down. <laughs> it couldn't. It was only when like everybody left and they had to read and it became Little House, A New Beginning. They redid the credits. Yeah, but, but they still started with that song and then it kind of built up into yes. a new song. That's what I remember right. about the, the And the ending. Do, do, right. do, do, do. Right. <laughs> with Melissa still like nine years old running down the hill, even though the show started with her transitioning from the braids to I'm now an adult. She wasn't an adult. She and I are the same age. She yeah. was not an adult. It's the wedding episode. She's like marrying Almanzo and then she's running down a hill and she's like, right. <laughs> how old, how old was she when she got that first kiss? Days. They did get married young in those days. Yeah, they how old was he? Almanz, the real Almanzo Wilder and the real Laura Ingalls were 10 years apart. They did start courting when she was super young, uh, but they got married. She was 18 when they got married, um, but he was like, you know, 28. He saved the town from starving. There was a whole thing with the long winter and there was no food. Yeah, the seeds, he brought the, he got the seeds there. There, see, Almanzo yeah. and Cap went and got the wheat seed so everybody didn't die. So he was really popular. Um, he asked her to like, can I walk you home from church and really like super goody two shoes chase stuff and drove her back in the sled from her teaching gig. And she wouldn't really give him the time of day. It was totally like, she even told him, if you really want to come here and keep driving me home, just understand nothing's going to happen. I'm not interested in you at all. And I don't wish to court you. So you don't have to drive out all this way and drive me home in the snow. And of course he kept showing up. Um, so that was the real life of it. And then after years of this and her parents totally approved, they thought Almanza was great. Her mom was the one who was worried. Like she's like 15. But Paul was like, yeah, but it's Almanza Wilder. Um, Why did they mispronounce the name in the show? Almanza. Yes, we are idiots because we are idiots. Oh. Um, we did uh, <laughs> California. We, we threw Lucy Lee flipping under the bus and blame her. Uh, the woman who played Eliza Jane because she says his name like first. And she said, Almanzo. And we all went, oh, Almanzo, because where are we in now? And like all the historians wow. and people are like, it's Almanzo. Okay, Manly, Almanzo, man, hi, what he's not all he'd be Monty, not Almanzo, you idiots. But we <laughs> um, Allison, 
I have a question I, I'm curious about. I'm sure every one of us is going to have our own little thing. The one that I want to know is when you auditioned, I understand that you auditioned for all of the, the I, I guess, all the girls, except maybe the, the, the role the twins took. But, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> but did you, uh, what, do you remember that audition? Do you remember what you did that you kind of feel like, oh, that, that lit it, that did it? Oh yeah, because I was hired on the spot. It was like, nailed it. Um, what happened is, is I actually came in really early when they first said like, you came in and you just met with the producer and they said, we're making a show about these books and had the books on the table and I hadn't read the book. So I was like, not getting this one. And um, then like months, months, months later, I got called in and I read for the part of Laura and I read for the part of Mary and I knew I was wrong for them. I was a kid. And I was like, oh, please. I'm so not this person, <laughs> not a country girl. And then they made the pilot and Melissa Gilbert, and Melissa Sue Anderson, who nailed it. And then they said, oh, come back. There's another part you have to come read. I'm like, what but they were making the show with the townspeople and i'm like how many people are in this because i again idiot i didn't read the books yeah so right. i have no idea that there's a nelly olsen or what that so i get there and i'm looking at the sides and my father's sitting with him, 12 and i said this isn't normal this she's awful i said this girl's a, she's a bitch yeah and my father yeah. what, what 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 and i start reading it for him and he's dying of laughter he's cracking up going oh my god she, she is she's a bitch he says okay <laughs> Don't, don't rehearse it. Don't, don't read it again. Put the pages down. Don't look at them. He says, you go in and just read it like that. Just read it like that. Touch it. I'm like, okay. He's like, don't move. Don't breathe. And I went in and it was Michael Landon and Kent McRae and Ed Frank. And I read the thing and exactly. And they went nuts. They were laughing. These grown men are like elbowing each other in the ribs and like crying with laughter. And they said, could you do it again? And I said, oh, of course. You know, what do you want me to change? Good little trained child actress. Yeah. And just read the thing about the house again and it was the my home speech which is in country girls that first episode when uh -huh. we do mary lynn knows when we did the essays at school and you and have more. to do country girls country girls yeah. <laughs> laura laura's faked hers because she can't really write yet so she just makes up this whole story about how she loves her mom and clearly did not write it um and i get up and discuss how much everything in the house cost and I get up and explain, we have real lace curtains on all the windows, but the line that killed them, and which is, I swear is why I got up. And we have three sets of dishes, one for every day, one for Sunday, and one for when someone very special and important comes to visit, which we have never even used yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. you live in Walnut Grove, Minnesota, and the Queen right. of England isn't coming over, babe. Nobody's coming, uh, yeah. Right, nobody's coming. You don't know anyone. And the thing is, not not every twelve year old got the joke that she was oblivious and like doing this saying is it. But I went, oh, this is funny. This is the funny stuff. And I played that, and they were like, wait, she like figured that out. She like played. She got the comedy in the scene. She's like a total bitch child from wow. hell. She's doing everything all at the same time. It's perfect. And I was, um, that was it. By the time we got home from the audition, the agent was on. That was I was hired. That's done. Awesome. What a great story. God, yeah. no kidding. Mary Lynn, I know you're chomping at the bit. Come on. What do you want to know? Go for it. <laughs> Olson's brain. Yes. No, I mean, I, I just. I'm here. I, I'm here. Ask me anything. <laughs> I, I, oh, by the, way, by the way, Mary Lynn, you know, the, the, the thing that we all have in common is that Allison's mother was the voice of Casper the Friendly Ghost and Sweet Polly Pure, but she was a huge cartoon voice actress. Really? She was Gumby. And, Your and, mom was g the voice of Gumby? And, 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 and let's go outside and pray. The lion. Wait, what's your mom's name? Norma Macmillan. She, she, she died in 2001. Uh, uh, and my mother was the voice of, she was Gumby. And then when Prickle, Prickle and Goo, Prickle and Goo showed up, she was Goo. And uh, she was, of course, Davey, and of course, Davy's mother, Davy's sister, and all the children. So it was like her, the guy is um, Goliath. And the pastor and the fireman and the policeman. And she's Davy and Davy's mom, Davy's sister and everybody. And she was Casper and um, uh, Wendy, the, Wendy the witch and spooky and all oh the high. Gosh. I did not know that. Did that, yeah. did that influence you as an act to, to be an actress? Well, it all did. I mean, my whole family were in show business. My parents met in the theater. They found at the Totem Theater in Canada. And then they were in radio in Toronto. And then uh, they went to New York. My father was on Broadway. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Wow, so it's in your genes. Good for you. I do have a question. Um, yes. 
they, they, Michael Landon was kind of very well known for bringing in family members and, and uh, you know, God, yes. they might've played like a kid in, you know, one episode and then five years later, they're like a totally different character. Did you, did your, any of your family ever appear on the show? No, I think my mother may have auditioned for a guest character once. That was as close as we got. I think she came in to read for one of the oh, They should have hired her. But she did not. But everybody, everyone on the show was related to someone. In yeah. fact, one of my like, you know, stump the audience questions, we do like Q&A and when we've had like games or trivia is how name all the people who are related to each other on Little House. Because yeah. <laughs> um, it's really hard. Can you? Can, can Mary Lou? Well, I know that Melissa, Melissa. Jonathan and, Gilbert. And, and Jonathan Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Leslie Landon and uh, his his son Michael Landon Jr. were were on. Junior had very like small parts, but Leslie yeah. became Anna Plum, the teacher. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Leo Penn and Sean Penn. Their dad. Directed. Go there. He directed. Sean Penn was an extra. His dad was directing, and Sean Penn came in as an extra. And then I think his mom was on something in that, an episode too. But you had yeah. the baby Gary twins, the baby Grace twins, the baby right. right. Of course, yeah. Benny and Jenny, right there, it's just the twins. Then you had Melissa and Jonathan Gilbert. You had Matt and Pat Laberto. You right. had right. his daughter. Wow. And then Rodimus uh, Pera, who's John Jr. When when Mr. Edwards and the postmistress adopt those poor children. Patricia Neal comes on the show for a two-parter and dies. At her yeah, that the oldest boy, his mom, Lisa Pera, was on like two episodes. Oh, so it, did you work with Patricia like, Neal? John Penn. Hmm? Did you work with Patricia Neal? I did. Patricia Neal, oh my God. Actually, I technically worked with her twice. Um, she did the Little House episode, the big two-parter, where uh, she she dies and her three children, she's talking about, she knows she's dying and is talking about finding them a home and Mr. Edwards winds up marrying the postmistress. It's awful. <laughs> what was um, she like? What was she like as a, you know, uh, I guess on set? Because I've, I've always admired her. I mean, that's going back to like, I think she was in, was it HUD? Paul Newman, I mean, genius. Yeah, she had that voice. She had such a voice. A deep voice. I worked with her again because Mary McDonough, who was Aaron on the Waltons, yes, the Walton Prairie crossover thing. She made a movie called For the Love of May, where um, uh, oh my God, everybody was in it. RuPaul was in it. Alexandra Paul was in it. I played the evil boss, and she got both Michael Learned and um. Uh, Patricia Neal. Patricia Neal played the grandmother. Michael, okay, my, it's just, Alexandra Paul played the part that was technically like the Mary McDonough character mm -hmm. her life. It was a little bit autobiographical. And RuPaul was her best friend, and I was her evil boss. And then Michael Lerner played the mom, and then Patricia Neal played the grandmother. And was, oh. it was, so I got to work with her twice. Um, she was amazing. Patricia Neal, you know, she had had the stroke, and she had had to learn to walk and talk and literally do everything all over again. She had been completely incapacitated. So when she was doing Little House, she was still, you know, she was making sure she, she would play memory games. Um, she would ask all of all of us kids, her dressing room door was open. We would hang out in her room. So all of us oh. kids are hanging out in her room. And she would say, now, what's your name, dear? And I'm Allison. Oh, when is your birthday? January 18th. Oh, Kerry Grant. That's right next to Kerry Grant's birthday. And then she'd ask them, well, when, when's your day? And she'd pick a celebrity. Oh, yes, yeah, Jimmy Stewart is the same day as you. And wow. she'd go around. Then like two days later, she'd say, and you're, yes, you're Joey. And you have the same birthday as Jimmy Stewart. Oh, that's yes. Interesting. Interesting. Herself. She would do this all day. We thought it was a hoop. And I, I figured it out. It was a lot of it. Oh, my God. She's doing this. She's training her memory every day. And then when she did her huge monologue in the church where she says, you know, my children are dying. She explains all that she's dying. My children need a home. She had this, they had a big old teleprompter because they said, it's pages and we understand, ma'am. You know, we have the teleprompter. And she said, well, yeah, okay. You just have it up. Fine. She never knew. <laughs> she didn't look at that thing once. She was good wow. to go. Wow. Wow. Were wow. you guys ever allowed to, um, were you ever allowed to do any kind of improv or ad-libbing on the show? Once, it, normally, no, but if you did something and it was funny, <laughs> then it's like, yes, that's Stacey. The biggest ad libber who got away with it was Jonathan Gilbert, who played Willie. It was a genius. Um, wow. Because he did things on instinct that were right. Because it, also, Jonathan Gilbert was crazy. He never read the scripts. That was the thing. Jonathan wouldn't read the script. Um, wow. When he was really little, he couldn't read. His mother would go over his lines with him. And then he learned to read and he still wouldn't read them. 
And Melissa was like, why aren't you reading the script? And, and kept asking her things. Go, I'm not helping you. Go read the script. So he would come to me and ask me, like, what's happening? I'm like, why? Why? And he said, I, I want to be surprised when I see it on television. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. That um, was sincere. That was just pure and sincere. And he knew his lines. Knew his lines. But so we're doing the scene where I'm smashing the dollhouse. And, and Mary Lynn knows this. It's a bunny when I freak out and I smash yeah, the bunny, the, the horse. I'll get you, Lord. I hate you. I hate you. I smash the dollhouse. And Willie comes in and freaks out and says, why are you smashing? And he says, give it to me. And I'm like, it's girls. So I'll sell it. And we have this whole argument. And then I go, get out. And he stares me. I say, get out. I raise the brush. And he's gone. He just splits. He had another line there. Originally, there was some other line. And he just saw me raise the brush, went, no, and ran. And then, you know, cut, print, okay, fine. And then continuity, did old Mary Yerkes with the script, and she's going, no, wait, 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 he has another line. And Michael stopped and looked at Jonathan and looked at her, and he said, what, what's the line? And she said, as he says this. And he thought about it for a second. He goes, if I saw her coming at me with that hairbrush, I wouldn't wait around and say that line. I'd leave. I would run for my life. I think he's right. Strike it. And that and they, that was it. Wow. And then he added something. We're doing some Halloween thing. And he said something out of the blue. And they cut. And again, gone. And he's like, wait, 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 what? what? That's not in there. And again, Michael goes, wait, what? And he looks at the thing. And then he looks at Jonathan. He looks at the script. And goes, I like it. Write it in. And <laughs> so wow. if you were allowed, there were certain things you say, can I, can I do? Sure. And there are big, the big one was, let's try one. We'd go in, he'd sort of set up the blocking sort of slightly. And then we'd go, well, let's try one. And we'd have a rehearsal, we'd just go for it. And we sometimes it would shoot the rehearsal kind of thing. So let's try one. And we'd do it. And if you didn't like it, he'd say, no, 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 it doesn't work. Because if you come in from over there, you're going to go all the way around the table. And it's like weird. So you should be over here. Or he'd go, you know, I changed my mind. I think we should shoot it. We should be over here. And um, my favorite one, the wolves. You have wolves in your barn. And he went, yes really working for me how many jawbreakers can you fit in your mouth and still talk i, I don't know and he gets you hit your two okay three you know four okay four you can't do five okay and so four jawbreakers he says let's shoot it again that's what it needed um so he would play with things he'd say let's try one if it worked it worked if it didn't yeah yeah how about if we do this so but if you in the first thing tried one and he went yep that's exactly what i wanted yeah okay great let's shoot it and wasn't he, didn't he also, I mean, I understand, I mean, I did quite a bit of research on, on the show and I understand that he was also, not just you and Melissa, but I understand that Michael Landon was also involved in like prankster activities. Oh, no, he, no, he was known for that. Like, wasn't yeah. he like the, the mate, like kind of the guy that started the whole thing of, you know, like uh, pranking your co-stars and all kinds of oh, things. He was the leader. No, he was the leader. He was the prankster. Wow barely could keep up i mean sure melissa put a little bit of you know a saran wrap over a couple of toilet seats but it was you know he was <laughs> just a great figure in the saran wrap the toilet seat it brings back uh, some wonderful memories you, you take the seat you take the lid in the seat no, i know <laughs> very it has to be very smooth and then you put it in um so, you know, he was the king of the pranks he was a maniac he loved creating outtakes for his collection um bunny when I'm lying there with the blood trickling out of my nose trying to be unconscious and suddenly I'm like there's no one saying cut no one is saying cut and I'm just like why why here <laughs> and then I feel this sensation and it's Michael sticking his finger up my nose so yeah. he oh. and he says no he was nuts he was the one <laughs> who spared no expense and stopped <laughs> like I have an idea he no he was the prankster he was the wild one and he and Matt Laberto who was um Albert, they, the two of them got into a, can you top this prank thing? It got like really nutty. It got really crazy with like people writing weird messages on people's mirrors and lipstick and stuff. Like, you know, it got a little dark. Wow. Like if you did it today, that like, human resources in the union would be called. They would be like, you can't do that. Yeah, not, not a chance. Yeah. So, um, I have to ask you a question. I know I, I told Bob this story. Um, so, you know, yeah, totally obsessed as a kid watching Little House. And I, I grew up with three brothers. And so, of course, they could care less. And as soon as it would come on, they would just bolt. And my mother wasn't interested. But my dad, you know, my dad used to like to watch TV with me. So cool. we would always cry together because every episode you cry about something. 
And so then it was, um, you know, my, and we were fascinated by the fact that they would cry, you know, that Michael Landon could always cry. And it was years later, um, my dad called me and I told this story at my, my dad's funeral, actually, um, at, at, uh, my dad called me and he said, Mary Lynn, he goes, I found out how Michael Landon cries. He was able to cry on cue all the time. He was on Carson and he said, if he had to cry, he would just pick a nose hair and then that would make him cry. And so my dad said, next time we, I see you, let's try it. And so my dad and I <laughs> did it. And we, of course, we both cheered up. So, um, you know, it was just a great little thing my dad and I had. And so I always wondered, was that something he did to, to, uh, to force the crying with you guys? I didn't, I, I didn't see him pulling out his hair. And he could, he could, you know, ratchet it up. He could, he could cry. But yeah, if you were in a hurry for tears, he had all the tricks. <laughs> and we, we would cheat on the show. We were on a tight schedule. Someone didn't cry quick enough. Get the glycerin. You know, we do the glycerin. Oh, they yeah. had ammonia capsule you know they, they're like whatever just just get on with it do it if you're crying you're crying you're not crying we'll make you cry but he <laughs> watched closely his crying scenes he had a little tiny baby spot little pin light focused right here on his chin go watch for it next time he's oh, crying. wow so when he starts to go and his chin and lower lips start to tremble he's got a, he's got a spotlight on it and to enhance the trembling of his chin. And oh lower. my gosh. That's brilliant. That is amazing. People would watch it. And the music, David Rosen, <laughs> David Rose, our composer, would swell. And that pin light would go on. And his would not cry. Everyone would go, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. I love that. I what, wish what I about, hey, what about the one? I'm sure you've answered this a million times too, but he always has his shirt off. I mean, I mean, Come on, constantly. Well, if you looked like that, you would too. I, I mean, I what, guess. he looked amazing. He looked amazing. And he had that hair. And uh. our, ratings, our ratings, our largest demographic, because they kept track of all the democratics of the dem demographics and the TVQ. Our largest demographic was women 40 plus. <laughs> he, Got he it. knew when he did this, because they offered him other shows. They were like, why do you want to do Little House on the Prairie? It could be like, you know, you'd like Baywatch kind of thing. Ew, I want to do Little House on the Prairie. He knew that all these women who watched Bonanza were in love with Little Joe were kind of following him over. And he knew that that same group of women, that same age group, all grew up reading Little House books. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, very smart guy. So <laughs> I always joke about the fact that Pa only ever breaks his ribs. Never a leg. Never <laughs> <arm>. <laughs> Doesn't matter where the buggy hit him. He breaks the ribs, and then Doc Baker comes over, and the shirt comes up, and That's the ace bandage. Um... He breaks the <laughs> and the pecs go all the way up to his chin. Oh, and that's so funny. Like a little little trickle of sweat right here. Yeah, yeah. He knew. He knew. And yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I joke about all the time. I go, yeah. He's like, wait, the ratings are down. Hang on, wait. Oh, someone in Kansas. <laughs> Oh, oh the, the glistening uh, broken ribs that always watch he never breaks anything when does paul hurt himself any other way but he breaks his ribs and that <laughs> is off and it's and he knew he, he was the most shirtless guy i mean in the 1800s the reality is that even when it was hot people were generally more modest and the idea was you tried to keep your clothes on as much yeah. as humanly possible <laughs> and stripping to the waist every five seconds was just not normal also if you may want to watch closely when Paul's like running, you know, down a hill. He's not wearing any underwear. Oh, <laughs> oh, Slow-mo, that DVD. Okay. It's not, not a stitch. Wow, bit. inside yeah. scoop. I never noticed that. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it was the 70s. It was the 70s. And so in his day-to-day -day <laughs> life, he was wearing the tight jeans and no underwear and the puka shells and the gold chains and the open shirt. I mean, this is where we were all doing. Right. And then he knew that women were tuning in to adore Paul. And so well, we now have to check to see if the house really is little or not. Clean show, clean podcast. Can we just say I have no idea why he was ever called Little Joe? Right. <laughs> so I have a, I have a technical question. This sure. just kind of ties into the voiceover theme here because Little House is one of the most ADR'd shows that, because he shot outdoors. Now, some of the cast were great at it. Melissa was great at it. But when I would see a scene with Melissa and Karen outside the house and hear Melissa going, hi, Ma, and Karen, who's a brilliant actress, you hear her going, 
Hi, Laura, where's your father? Her ADR skills were not the best. We didn't even call it ADR then. It was looping. Oh, it's still looping. Primitive stages. This was this was 10 million BC. And yeah. and you know, I talk about how we shot Little House and, and when I'm talking with filmmakers, and I feel like I'm Mary Pickford discussing violence. <laughs> <laughs> this is the 70s. It's like every hand crank. Um, so we would go into the studio, and absolutely, because when we shot indoors, whoop-de-doo at Paramount or MGM, it was great. But we shot so much in Simi Valley. Or we'd go on locations in Northern California, near Sonora. We'd go out to the desert. And and it was loud. Those birds, those big, like, scrub jays, you get out there and see me. It's like, ah, And you're trying to, they would, like, land on the boom and go, rah, rah, rah. Um, And then wow. not as many airplanes as you have now, but you'd be all standing there and the sound guy go, plane. And we go, ah, hold the plane. Oh, then I got hold for bird. And I mean, this, this what we you, had, wait, isn't that what an ad lib paw? What's that? Yeah, I have <laughs> And then the stair, the, the church stairs, the school stairs, the heavy wooden stairs, clumpity, 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 walking. You could, if you were talking while people were walking up the stairs, you couldn't hear anything. So we, it was a noise fest. So we'd shoot, and then you get the call, you're going to be looping. And I'd be like, Yeah, I remember that one. I should be looping for about two days straight, I think. Oh, and you'd wow. go in, and some episodes would be like five lines, and other episodes, it's like, I'm like, Guys, this is the entire script. And they're like, Yeah, tell us about it. And we go in the thing, and only, gosh, I think maybe twice in seven years, they actually like ran the footage and matched. And that was some of that was for like wild lines, screaming. But 90% of the time, it was the classic hold this to your ear. Mm-hmm. Beep. Beep, beep. My mother said, you made me a horse. And in the middle of it, I hear like squawk <laughs> with the bird going. Wow. Uh, okay. I think it was difficult for Karen. Karen was a very classically trained yes. method actress. So she worked very much off emotion and acting. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's doing that, and a lot of the people who were stage actors who came in to do this incredibly artificial alien thing, I got to hold a thing to my ear and just repeat the line and like mimic myself. That's not acting. What am I even doing? This is, and I don't have the other actor. Nobody's saying, giving me the yeah, cue. Be be and, very, and also months, months after you film it, months after months, you film it. Yeah. Right. And the other actors, you're in a darkened room with some guys in sweats and baseball caps. It's like, what? Um, in fact, that was it, Matt Laberto. He went on, to like dub people in films because he could recreate their voice so well. Oh, wow. wow. Oh yeah, he's a maniac. Um, so he he got really good at it. So the kids, kids tended to be better at the ADR than any of the adults. And the people, yeah, the people who worked in stage or were method actors were like, I talk into a thing, what am I doing? Um, Allison, what about, uh, you mentioned earlier, you said Bunny, and it made me think of that episode, which I'm sure you've mentioned many times about the wheelchair, but I don't know how we can do this and not, hear about that because i find that amazing <laughs> that, that scene where you're going down in the wheelchairs oh, you're right. actually screaming what 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 the heck was that okay first of all to everybody anybody who's a nelly fan it's like everybody's favorite episode ever yeah and it's my favorite oh, episode man. i had to put a whole chapter about it in my book because it's like the most asked about thing it's the wheelchair um literally okay i get people from other countries the episode you know where you <laughs> this is the international sign for Dana Hill in a wheelchair. It's like it's, it's, people are obsessed with it. So, um, <laughs> I, so for two bizarre things happening. Okay, first of all, I get this thing. I, I what? I broke my arm for real, like right before I was thirteen. I was skateboarding. I'm an idiot. So I and I I wasn't even oh, wow. doing a stunt. I was standing still, and I just. <laughs> Tipped over, went, oh, whoa, whoa, and fell over and proceeded to break my arm and smash my head and skin my knee. And I'm like, how did I do that? I was even doing it. Oh, wow. So um, there I'm at the doctor and like, yeah, your arm's broken. Um, So it was awful. And then, of course, he has huge cast. And I go down, they have to take me down to see Michael and the producers and everyone. And of course, my agent, you know, agents, it's a tiny little cast. It's not (laughs) fine. And then I get there and it's like, like, ah, what do we do? So they said, okay. Uh, and I said, they get up like a storyboard. They go, okay. So if we shoot this for, okay, well, if we should, she falls, goes down a hill in a wheelchair. The whole thing is she falls off a horse and pretends to be paralyzed. Let's say she actually broke her arm really and then pretends to paralyze. And we just slap an 1800s cast over that. That'll cover that week. 
then we switch these we shoot the one she's not in and then we shoot the one where she what she's like standing on the ladder she'll have the smaller cast by then and she can you know and we'll shoot like around really are going down that hill by the way i mean it, it it's pretty darn realistic what how did they do, how they do that it's not, so um, it's like my, one of the funniest scenes is when Doc Baker says, you can use your other arm. And I'm like, actually, no, I can't. I get the thing. I get the cast. Um, so we did this thing. So they set up the wheelchair. First, they have me in the chair. And they uh, have a steel cable on the back. And they go, whoosh. And so the fur, ah, I start. And then stop. Then they take the highly professional, dangerous stunt woman who, who smoked. So she's like walking around the set dressed as me. <laughs> <laughs> in the wig and things people from a distance go, oh! <laughs> and so she gets in the chair and goes bang 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 and flies out and does that like somersault and the thing and hits yeah. the wall then they take me to a different hill kind of it was like over by the little house that is longer but much less steep and doesn't have a body of water at the end it's just long steepish hill but like half as steep as that thing because that was like straight down. So they take me to a not a steep, but much longer, put me in the chair, have the camera on a dolly, and and two guys with ropes trying to sort of steer the chair just so it stays. Are in you camp. strapped in? No, no, there's no safety. What? And the ropes are just to sort of keep the chair in shot. They're not for oh me. I'm in a nightgown, underwear, and bedroom slippers. <gasps> I have a real broken arm in a cast. Oh, wow. And no seat belts, nothing, and no padding. And I'm in an 1800s wooden wheelchair going bang, 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 hitting rocks and things and screaming. And they're like, we need you to scream. I'm going, not a problem. And <laughs> and the camera, there's also the safety equipment on the camera. It's on a track. I'm not on a track. The camera's on a track. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, ah! Ah, and they're like, and they're like, like, should we tell her the rope broke? I'm like, you don't actually need to. I they did it twice, and I screamed bloody murder the whole time because oh my god, I'm like bouncing out of the chair, and my teeth they're I'm like banging, I can rattling, my brain is rattling in my head. I'm getting like so we we shoot this, then they take me to the pond, and they um had to wrap my real cast in the plastic trash bag like you do for a shower when you have yeah yeah. And then put the 1800s cast again over it with the bandages and the wooden slats. And then I get in the pond, and wow. which was disgusting because it was just stagnant water. They yeah. kind of <laughs> they just filled it up. And that was when Michael Landon said, "Do you have a swimming pool at your your home?" And I said, "No, actually, I don't." And he said, "Well, good because after this, you can swim in your toilet." Oh my oh god. My oh god. my god. Oh, that is. So where was where was Kyle, where was like the social worker that's <laughs> yeah. I am amazed I didn't die horribly because I'm like spitting water and gross. when we did the one in the pond, the one with the crap, uh, town party country party, Maryland knows this, yes. <laughs> and I go down, I came up and I'm so covered in crap in that one. I also, when I finally got out of the pond, he said, you can get out now. And I, they finally, I was like stuck in the mud and they had to pull me out. And I stood up and there was an old beer can hanging off my petticoats. Oh, oh my God. Another gross one I have heard, I mean, since we're on that gross part of this show, is I heard that you had to eat dinty more stew for every meal. Is that, oh, a, is that fake or is that for real? I played a rich person. I played a rich person. Poor people on TV have to eat dinty more and, 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 and uh, van camp, uh, pork and beans. You get, if you play a poor person on TV or a person who's in the army or is camping in some way, you will be eating uh, dinty more beef stew and canned beans. And that's kind of it because it's easy. It's like looks like anything. They got lucky on the Ingles because sometimes they have fried chicken. So they just go get KFC basically and um, biscuits. They, so sometimes if mom made biscuits or something fun, but generally it was a lot of dinty more beef stew on a tin plate. That is the standard meal for poor people or cowboys in TV. And you had now, to keep eating between takes. I mean, ooh, take, right? you, you feel like, don't touch that food. They come slap your hand and put a napkin over it because you want to leave it alone. Because if you eat too much in the scene, they got to fill it back up and it's got a match. And the thing. So uh -huh. they're mostly like, push your food around on your plate and pretend you're eating and like start to take a bite. And then, oh, well, let me say the line to stall as long as you can. So you're not, because if you start scarfing and occasionally Willie was often like you're scarfing. So they just had to refill the plate every day. Um, the mercantile. Oh no, no, we had we had roast lamb with mint jelly. 
Oh. And roast beef and, and we had peas and mashed potatoes and we had those roasted new potatoes and we had roast turkey and cranberry sauce and we had these huge biscuits and um <laughs> and beautiful dinnerware. The Olsons always had really beautiful dinner. Very beautiful dinner blue and white yeah. china. It was gorgeous. Yeah, they had the really yeah. pretty place settings. And you can get that. It's the blue willow pattern. <laughs> Laura, Laura Ingalls had those dishes. If you go to the, any of the Laura Ingalls museums, they usually have at least one plate from her china. Really? Like in Oh, that's have funny. Wow. And that it, is amazing. It was huge in the 1800s, hence, you know, the use there. But it made several comebacks. Was There were these reproductions of it. It was big in the 50s, and then it mm -hmm. had a huge comeback in the 1970s. So the prop man just had to go down to the local department store and buy a set for like 50 bucks and slap it on the table. And it was exactly the same as the ones in the 1800s. And if you go online, yes, you do, can... Um, from either Vermont Country Store or I think on Amazon as well, you can purchase the Blue Willow pattern complete with soup tureens and everything and eat like the Olsons. Allison, was, was the candy in the mercantile real? Oh, yeah. Was it? Yes. Well, there, we had two things going on. One, you had the real candy where like, yes, I got to eat all this candy and it was real candy. But if it sat in the jars for a long time, it was like the backdrop candy. Mm -hmm. It's like heinously stale, do not eat, stuck together. Or if, especially if it was, you know, the sound stages, as you well know, are full of things like rats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they would spray it with bug spray. And it was just like, it was, you didn't want to eat that. So they would remind us, they go, don't eat the stuff in the bin. We will give you the fresh candy right before we shoot. So you'll have the fresh candy in your hand like you just took out. We'll put a fresh jar out. Don't eat that stuff that's just sitting out. That's been sitting out for months. You'll die if you eat that. So um, we had fresh candy. And the prop man had all the candy. And I got all the, I was always with the peppermint sticks. And if I was good, I was always very good and very nice to the prop man. So I got all the peppermint sticks. That I wow. Wow. Did Hey, I understand that uh, you and Melissa became quite close. Um, two questions here. Are, are you still close? And then earlier you mentioned Jonathan who I had understood that they, unfortunately, Melissa and Jonathan are not anymore. Are you still friends with both of them? Jonathan is our own Where's Waldo. We don't really know where he is on like yeah, a day-to-day -day basis. He resurfaces it. No, he pops up now once a year and like checks in with his sister and they talk. And then she's like, if we call God, where's he? Oh yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's always have like the annual Where is Jonathan every now and then check. He's okay. Yeah, he's okay. He he wow. did you know, he was along for the ride. I mean, he came to the audition with Melissa. And so when it was time for Willie, they were like, Who's that? Oh, it's my brother. Okay, great. And of course it was genius. He was perfect for Willie. But yeah. this was not someone who really wanted to be there or in show business. It was a fluke. So he got the hell out. Like he turned 18 wow. and was just gone. And wow. then he, he, nobody knew where the heck he was. And he doesn't come to any like people are like, please make him come to a reunion. No, he doesn't want to go. And I wrote him a letter like around the time I did my book and he wrote back. And so, you know, he's, he's cool. He just, he really just doesn't want to be in the public eye and doesn't care. And so once in a blue moon, we check and listen, you hear me? Yeah, I heard from him. What's he doing? Oh, he's okay. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's, he was always a very unusual, strange person very brilliant very eccentric even as a child so yeah he's he's somewhere he could be what he'll be watching this no doubt and like laughing at me I, hey i, I hope he does uh, hey, hey what about what about melissa now are, are you guys still close we um we we're big we're big texas because she's in new york and you know she she fled to the hills she went to the up to the the um uh, the catskills because she and the hubby uh tim busfield bought right. a little little thing in the cat school it was going to be like the little vacation house so it's like a cottage it's tiny because they were just kind of kind of like camping up in the woods well then the pandemic hit and they kind of went we got to get out of new york if you're in the middle of manhattan they went to the, the house in the woods and then they realized we might be here while she planted crops and vegetables and she has chickens so wow. she's there like all the time. She's for I saw angles. And she loves it. She goes, Oh my God, I'm finally doing it. I totally wanted to do this prairie thing and I'm doing it. I said, Are you getting a cow? She's like, No. <laughs> I said, goats. She says, We're probably gonna get goats. So wow. she's like shacked up in the woods now. Um, but she does stuff. We did, we finally we we're doing another reunion thing. We did um Wizard World was online and they do online autograph right. shows. Right. And Melissa, who like almost never goes to those, said, I suddenly get a text, go, you know, I'm coming to the thing on Sunday. I'm like, what? Shut up. And so, yeah, she said, no, I miss you guys. I'm bored. So we wound up doing a whole online reunion uh, like two weeks ago for Wizard World. 
and she's up in the woods. But luckily, um, thank God for um, Twitter and Facebook and texting. Um, if 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 yeah. uh, God, if the National Enquirer ever got a hold of the texting chain between. Oh my! Oh, that's yeah. fun. Imagine what could happen. Um, it's like my kid's sister. It's like the whole cast of Little House. It is like a family. We have people who are like distant cousins. We have people who are like the eccentric aunts. Um, but we're all, we all like hang out and we all check in with each other. I was in the middle of one of my, you know, Facebook readings that I do every day. Mary Lynn, have you been to the Facebook readings? No, I didn't even know. Oh, they're so cool. They're so cool. Allison, why don't you mention it for, for the people listening? Yeah, I didn't know anything. She wears her bonnet. She put it on. There we go. Yes, Mary, I will get you a bonnet. So at 1.30, I go online, and this started like in March. I said, what am I going to do all day? What is?" And everybody's bored. I'll read the Little House books. So I started reading Little House books from the beginning in a bonnet, uh, chapter one. And I read them all, and then I read Rose's books, and then I read the historical books. I'm now reading The Wizard of Oz. We're almost at the end of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz today. We might finish. And I read, and I have snacks, and I tell stories. And um, someone wondering, said, do you ever hear from people in the show? And like, as they're doing this, I see that I'm getting a text. And I went, well, Hersha, Mrs. Garvey is texting me right now while I'm, she called. One day I was like, who's calling? Oh, hang on. And they were like, who is it? I go, it's Mrs. Garvey. Say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I had like people on the show call, like in the middle of my reading. No, but like, she burned in the fire. She's not she, around. They killed her so violently. That was horrible. Why'd they do that? I in the fire with the baby. Do you know with the baby smashing the, the baby, baby the glass. That's right. It, baby, Mary's it baby. scarred me. He always says, I just want to go on record. I was breaking the window with my shoulder. I was not using the baby as a battering ram. But she takes that baby everywhere. When we do a reunion or anytime we do a personal appearance, she goes and gets a baby doll at a blank. <gasps> Oh my gosh. We do our entrances and now so it's and now and they go and now her she comes running out with a baby doll screaming. Oh that's my that's kind of sick in a way, but kind of cool. Oh that's that's actually <laughs> We're all a little twisted. The whole little house cast we are because of Michael and we're all a little dark and a little bent. And um yes, that. so we, we do like more. all right. So I have a question. All right, what did you think of fake Nelly? Oh poor, and- poor- and and did you leave because you wanted to, or did they say you're done? No, I um seven year in the back in the day when Mary Pickford walked the earth, um we had seven year contracts. Like who who the hell has a seven year contract now? Well, seven years, yes, signed for a series. So at the time we thought, oh, this won't run seven years. <laughs> so we get this thing, and so seven years later, I'm 19 years old, and my character has grown up and gotten married and had twins. I've now had my braces on, my braces off, graduated junior high, finished high school, moved out of my parents, bought a condo. I'm like, I'm like, and I'm still on the show. I'm still wearing the wig. Ah! So the contract ends and they said, well, here's the deal. You come back. And I'm like, if I had known it was only going to be two more years, a little, I might have done it. But they were like, oh, no, you have to sign for like five years. And I'm like, oh, wow. And my father, he said, you're going to be like Miss Kitty on Gunsmoke. And I'm like, <laughs> with, with the mole slowly going closer and closer. Down. And this is, not, this is not what you want to hear when you're 19, that you're turning into Miss Kitty. Like, oh, that's horrifying. So it's like, no, 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 no. So they said, well, okay. And so my agent goes through, jumps through all the hoops and says, so a raise. No, no, no. Um, more episodes. No. Okay, less episodes. More time off. Oh, a TV movie. No. Um, better billing. Uh, and they were like, no, take it or wow. leave. This is how much we're paying. We'll give you like this like a cost of living raise. And um, that's it. You have to sign for this many years. Well, what if we sign for only two years? No, no, no. And it's like, what? Who does this? Who did this? And um, so they came back to me, Major, because well, seriously, what do you want to do? And then my father's like, you know, you're 19. You're finally over 18. So they don't have to have the welfare worker. You don't have to take your Annie Marion with you and you can work more than eight hours and they don't have to do three hours school. So there are people who will hire you now who would not have before. So you have an opportunity to possibly work more. And if they were offering like kind of anything and you've been here forever, do you want to continue to be here forever in the wig? And I'm like, I hate that wig so much. Um, so I said, no, I'm, I'm good with that. And I left. And I went and did like dinner theater and stand up comedy and stuff and got. You out. did. You did an. You did an Amy Carter routine that was so good. I did, but you know they called me back, which never happens. Usually, when you walk away from a show, they're like, eh, "Get out of here." No, Return of Nelly. They're like, "Oh yeah, do you oh, want to come?" That back? horrible wig. That horrible like. Because they put my good one on that that new child. 
Or fake Nilly, as you called her. Alison Balson is a lovely person, and I thought she was great. And I talked to her when I did that, when I met little evil Nancy. I said, so what's the deal? And she said, well, I grew up watching you. But I didn't want to imitate you. I didn't want to do the same thing. So I decided to go with crazy. And I was like, nailed it. Excellent. Good choice. So no, she consciously said, I am going to do it this way, because you did this, and I'm going to do this. And I was like, and she's like 11. I said, you are correct. So we, we hit it off. She's lovely. But boy, she was really annoying. Um, so she had to wear my wig. So they gave me the Jiffy Pop uh, popcorn giant. <laughs> the Jiffy Pop. I thought you were going to tilt. I thought you were going to fall over. I, and thought, a good <laughs> I, thought, the wig, I thought the wig, you you actually, I heard that you, you would actually bleed that it was that bad. Is that true? There's a big metal comb, right? And they jam that in, which is why I was like surprised for seven years. A facelift. And they pull it and then all the pins. Oh and then it's anytime, you know, if you are in a fighter, it's like pulling and jamming in. And so at the end of the day, it comes off and it's like, wow, okay, that's better. And I do this and go, oh, that looks bad. There's like flecks of blood. Oh my it. gosh. The sea breeze. And it was awful. So that's why, yeah, seven years. I was like, I could, I could go, I could, I could go. So they called me back, which was crazy. Cause of course then my agent says, well, that's going to cost y'all. And they went, okay. They like paid me more for that episode than no good for you. Are you serious? You. you made more doing just the quick returns? I I made a killing doing that one episode. <laughs> it was like hilarious. It was like I should ask twice. You were your character was integral to the show. I mean, that's good for you. I'm glad they I agree. finally realized it, you know. Mary, Mary left, remember Anderson left. That's why it became Little House at the beginning. Because you're seven, everything hit the wall. And it was, you staying or you going? And a lot of people said, yeah, I'm going. And so it had to become Little House in the beginning. Well, and the they, made, they made Nellie nicer then, too. Like, well, she got married, got married yeah. and, and true love. And, and, she um, married a Jewish boy. Yeah, good Jewish boy. That's right. <laughs> love it. Yeah, Steve Tracy, brilliant, brilliant actor um, who died of AIDS. Steve and I became best friends. We were, that's what was so hard for me. When he got sick and he went public with his diagnosis, because best friends. Right. Did he pass away before the show ended? No, no, and he didn't go by because the show ended because I left in uh, um, 81, whatever that, and then it show ended like 83, and he started to get sick around 84, 85, went public in 86. Got it. So the by the way, the show, did they invite you back to blow up the town? No, darn it. I could have blown up the hotel. I, they let Willie, they let Willie blow up the hotel. So I'm good. Did you guys that like a, the idea of that? Was a, that was kind of a weird episode, I have to say. It was sort but of. Did like, you like it? Did you like the fact that that's how they, they I, did? I did. I'm the only one. Um, everyone else in the cast cried and is really like, uh, and, and like Charlotte Stewart says, I can never watch that episode. I watched it with, <laughs> they blew it up because um, I was sick. Uh, but it, it was very weird. What happened? I mean, several things were happening. One, you're leaving a location and you built an entire town. And I'm sorry, it's Big Sky Ranch in Simi. They use it for other things right. all day long. Everything I think that's why they blew it up, though. Right. So they're like, we can't leave all this. Now, they left some stuff. Like, they left the sets from Father Murphy and some things. Mm -hmm. And they didn't care. But Michael also said, we're not leaving this. Because, one, okay, the ranch is like, you need to clear some space. Because we got a movie coming in next week. So you got to get out of here. Two, he said, I'm not leaving these sets. And he talked about this on The Tonight Show. He said, they're going to film other stuff. If I leave the sets, they will film other things. And he said, I, I can't pay for everyone's therapy if they <laughs> use a little house in the church that, you know, stuff they grew up with in like a porno film. Or right. Porno oh, film. my God. That was a good point. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And, or there's axe murderers just running around with you know, blood ever. He said, I can't do that. It's going to be horrible. I'm not doing that. And he said, and then also, how do we get out of this? How do we end this? What's and then Michael was like a 13-year-old boy and liked to th see things. Oh, my God. So the there, he's like, let's blow it up. And if you watch when the blowing up, like the first thing they blow up was like the blind schools, which is huge. And they put too much, too much explosive in. And you can see pieces are spinning of wood right at the camera and it cuts because it did smash into the camera it was like a disaster oh my. Wow. yeah those are really heavy explosions in that in that episode that is hey i want to go i want to go um segue slightly out of uh, little house for a second just as an actress so you, you leave the show and then actually this I, I think this was after you left the show i you were in a love boat ep episode that um ronnie shell was actually on the show yeah. 
Ronnie's a, a terrific guy, a, you know, amazing background. What? Love him. Love him. Yeah. He was hilarious. And I noticed he's, he's, is he your manager in the episode? Um, uh, you my director. He's my director. Ah. In uh, Love Boat, I played uh, Becky Daniels, uh, evil, evil child star. Right. And uh, <laughs> um, we had, for the Beverly Hillbillies, we moved all the way for the Beverly Hillbillies, Nancy Coop played um, my aunt, Marty oh. and Aunt and I'm Becky Daniels, and I'm spoiled. And yes, he's the director of the show, the Becky Daniels show. And the captain's daughter, uh, Joe Whalen, is a big fan. So they, she finds out that the Becky Daniels show is filming on the love boat and goes wild and wants to meet me. And I'm just hideous. And I'm like, keep that little twerp away from me, Aunt Gert. And I'm just so awful. And then I, I hire her, but she's my stand-in and gets hit with pies and buckets of water. Is it fun um, with Ronnie? Oh my God! Yes, he would love it. Oh, and then Nancy Coupley, she, she, she I wanted to be her. She became my like my idol. I love her. Um, all of them. Every, love Boat was awesome because I did Fantasy Island, which was a little rough um, because it was right after the actors' strike, so they were shooting like multiple episodes at the same time. It was chaos. Mm -hmm. I worked a 17-hour day in high heels. I wore a bathing suit because uh, I was auctioned. I was a run. I ran away from home, became a prostitute, and got auctioned off to Lucky Eddie for five thousand dollars. Oh wow. And, I was wearing a swimsuit that was two sizes too small. So if I pulled it up over my boobs, my crotch was exposed. If I pulled, it was it was awful. Were you and, with uh, Hervé Villachez? Who was kind of kind of um, hashtag Me Too tattoo. Um, was, <laughs> That's why I asked. If you were a girl on Fantasy Island, Hervé was like, ah, hey, hey, baby. Um, so it was like, ah. And Ricardo Montalban, total gentleman. Ricardo Montalban was cool, but Hervé was a little skeevy, sketchy. Like nowadays, about him. Yeah. nowadays, yeah, two persons would be going, Hervé, no, 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 we do not do that, Hervé. He would be getting a lecture from the boss. But the, the back then, it was like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was half naked in this thing with like a doily and it was kind of hell. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, and Eve, Eve Plum, yes, Jan Brady, played my mother, because we're the same age, because um, Jan Brady, her Eve Plum, goes to Fantasy Island and she's pregnant, but she has a mysterious television disease where she won't see her child grow up. So Ricardo Montalban takes her into the future and her daughter has, oh no, why are we in this terrible neighborhood? I am sorry your daughter ran away and became a big whore. Uh, and I'm a hooker. And it's awful. It's horrifying. Horrible, horrible thing. And, wow. um, and then there's whole back to the future thing. She jumps into the thing in the story and calls the cops and saves me. And it's a, But um, Loco, on the other hand, was like a vacation. It was so much. I didn't get to go in the boat. Didn't get to, Charo gets to go in the boat. I did not. Yeah, but yeah. Everyone was so nice. It was so wonderful. They were so nice. Every single person in Love Boat was the nicest person like ever. And it was really fun to do and very relaxing. And Jill, Whel Jill Whelan got me the job because they were sitting around talking about upcoming episodes. And they talked about this Becky Daniels thing. And she went, well, you're getting Allison Arngram, right? I mean, Ha ha ha, Millie Olson, Becky Daniels. And they went, oh, like they hadn't thought of this. And she's like, okay, look, I go to school with Melissa Gilbert and she keeps telling me about Allison and I want to work with her. And you guys, it's like a gimme. Why would you not have the chick who played Nellie Olson play Becky Daniels? Like, like school as in on set school? No, as in um, Buckley. Um, uh, Joe Whalen went to Bucky, yeah. Buckley, the fancy pantsy uh, private school where Melissa Gilbert went. So they were buddies. And so she'd already, so she's like, you should have her in. And, and they went, my God, you're right. And so next thing I know, I get a call and I'm on Lubba. Is that interesting? Hey, uh, I, I know we're going to have to let you go shortly because you have to go obviously do your reading. But yeah. I, I, I think we need to give you uh, a little bit of a uh, opportunity to talk about, you know, I know you're very involved in protecting the children. And um, I feel like, you know, we can't end the podcast unless, you know, the, the listeners right. can hear what you're doing. I, I think it's really so, great work. What am I doing now? Let me see. Uh, I'll get you. We'll sign you up for the Nelly newsletter. Mary needs needs. Yeah. You need the Nelly newsletter and you need to it and you need to go to my store. I have tin cups. Get tin cups. Oh, my God. Hook me up. To hook you up, Barry. Bonnet line. You are a bonnet head, and you need to be. I'm gonna up. get a bonnet. I want a bonnet. I, a bonnet. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, how do viewers get to that? Get you said. I, I, I just gotta say, What's when like, you put that bonnet great. on, there's no time difference. I mean, I'm, I'm. It's kind of a like a visual. Look at her. She looks exactly the same as Nelly. <laughs> she, our viewers can't see. We can see each other. You look like you look like you're 12 years old again. It's awesome. Barry, is it? So yeah, I there's a website bonnetheads.com. Should go to bonnetheads.com. So everything. Yeah. So the website. Um. I'm on 
Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, blah, 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 everything in the world. And every day on my Facebook page, Alison Arngram, I at 1.30 usually, I can be late, I do a reading and I read all the Little House books and all the Rose books. I'm now reading The Wizard of Oz because we did Anna Green Gables, which was kind of boring. Um, but now we're doing Wizard of Oz. So we're doing that and I usually wear a bonnet. So um, what I have the organizations are you involved in, Allison? Oh, yeah. yeah, so protect, protect.org, which is the National Association to Protect Children. Mm -hmm. And we have changed laws in seven states at the federal level to better protect victims. Oh, of fantastic. We've gotten funding for law enforcement. We had a program where we're training veterans to go work with the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Uh, we've got a new program. We're doing a thing because, you know, foster kids, they age out of foster care. Huge percentage of them become homeless, don't go to school, don't get jobs. We're coming up with a whole housing program for them. We're going to do that. We kind of do everything. Um, we're geniuses. We're awesome. We have a whole tech thing, getting tech to law enforcement to fight the trafficking child porn. Uh, but protect.org. Go to protect.org. I'm president of the board of directors, and I've been with them since the beginning. Um, Alex, on, a, on a personal level, um, are you involved in this uh, just strictly because of, of having grown up in the business as a child, or is this deeper than that? Oh, yeah. Deep, they, when they called me, they didn't know. They were like, well, we're going to call her because all the AIDS work I've done, the 8 million charities have been involved with, like, let's get her. And it's like a friend. Of a friend. So I get the call, but then it's like, yeah, I'm I'm uh, president of the hair club for men, but also a member kind of thing. And uh, I said, yeah, no, I was. I was sexually abused as a child. If you get my book, Confessions of a Prairie Bitch, How I Survived, Nellie Olson, I learned to love being hated. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I talk about that. I was abused as a child. I, I was abused as a kid and I'm an ex-child star. So like I should be on like a tri-state killing spree by now. Um, uh, but somehow I am here. Way but, to yeah, turn it around though, really. Way to turn it around. Wow. really really shy as a kid I was bullied at school I mean the whole the, the yeah and I was physically and emotionally sexually abused it was it's like, uh, it's, um it was not good it was not a good time and then like I, then I got little house I was like yay um so that's what I was, and being Nelly I was able to yell and scream and throw things and let out all this rage and was in this really lovely supportive environment with these nice people um so it was it's Kind of awesome, but it's, it's good. You, yeah, yeah, really, it's true. It's true. Um, we have the uh, Nasty Nilly's virtual Valentine is coming up February 12th. We just did the birthday bash where I do a portion of what would be my club act, but live pay-per-view on stage at .com. Uh, I do the readings uh, February 4th. Me and Wesley, you are. Yes, Wesley, you are, are doing a thing for the Coachella Valley Repertory Company. Like they do all these online theater fundraisers. They've done everybody's on the 13th at jackbenny.org. Seriously, there's a Jack, did you know there was a jackbenny.org? There's a whole Jack Benny Society and they're having oh, a, wow. and they do recreations of old radio shows. Oh, and fun. I'm with a group called Spurback that do all the old radio shows. And me and a guy named Brad Zinn and Rich Little, yes, the Rich Little, yeah. um, just a recreation where uh, Rich Little was guest starring as Jack Benny, but Brad was George and I was Gracie. I just did Gracie Allen for a uh, recreation. I get yours. I don't. I don't know why you're so upset with Jack. Um. So I'm Gracie yeah. Allen, research and then Jack, and that's going to be on the JackBenny.org thing next week. Busy. I do. I, I yeah. And I, I made a movie in September. I don't know when it's coming out. It's called uh, Even in Dreams, and I play an evil um a band manager who's manipulative and terrible, awful. And I have one. I have one last little house question. I heard they're doing a reboot, or is it a remake? What is it? As what is it? We don't really know. We do know that Trip Friendly, who sort of had friendly, has the rights to everything, did make a deal with um, anonymous content who make everything, make all the good shows, and uh, Paramount uh, TV. So it's all the so the deal was struck that they are going to do, and they said one hour drama. That's like all we know of Little House in the Prairie. Now, is it a remake? Is it a reboot? boot is it following laura's life later Are they go to do laura's life when she was a little house in the big woods before they ever get to the town as far as that, it could be an all muppet cast we do not actually know <laughs> what no. the heck they're doing yet we know the deal has been made and they are going to do it and obviously everyone is on the show are like are we in it do we do the cameos do we drop by what did they know zero we did, they haven't written it yet it's not it hasn't not happened yet but the deal has been made, and they've been trying to make a feature film of little house for many many years and it would get signed, they'd get a director and everything, and then it, it wouldn't happen. But this time they said, no, we're going to do it for TV, which is smarter, I think. And they will probably get it made. But I don't know. And the, and, and fans are divided. The bonnet heads are very divided. 
it's they yay. They did a TV movie like like yeah. 10 years ago or with Richard years. Thomas. Yes, yeah, well, they did yeah. that one where Richard Thomas, and then they did the one with the Canadian actors that was like six episodes. Uh -huh. So they've tried, but this is this is the biggie, and we don't know. And people, even people, are like, no, leave it alone, no, don't do it. And then we have people like, yes, awesome, but more prairie, more prairie. Let's make. They it should explore the characters at this age. That would be fun. Yeah, that would explore be really interesting. Yeah, it would be 1921, and we would all be really old. They should do well, it like as Laura was starting to write the books. Right, because that, that would be clever because Laura would be in her 60s, in her late right. 60s. And you would have Laura and Rose and Almanzo. Right. And get, yeah, we get, that could be cool. I think we're going to have to wrap it up for Allison. I, I want to be respectful. I know you've got yours coming. Um, so I just want to say thank you, Allison. We had a, a ball, a blast. You were terrific. Thank you for having me, and I will need to hook you up. You need to get the newsletter. In fact, Bob is just finishing up the January newsletter with everything I'm doing, everything the cast is doing, plus the stock monkey. Put us on your on your put us on your yeah. email. Please on that, and then you must come in. I'll I'll get you a bonnet, and um yeah. So um thank you, thank you. This you is got it. Have an awesome one.